This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. In a couple of months, I will mark my ninth year at the Food Bank Council of Michigan. I was nervous, excited, and all the other emotions you find welling up inside of you when you are going through the various stages of pursuing a job or being pursued for a job. Finally, the day came for me to present to the board of directors, and I am sure I was enthusiastic, funny, poignant, and riveting during my presentation. Actually, I don't remember what I presented on and suspect that the board members don't either. I just think I am all those things all the time, every day, so why wouldn't I have been charming as usual? At the end of the presentation, the board began to ask me questions. There weren't many, and that was good for me, but there was one gentleman who asked me about growth strategies for the organization. I didn't particularly like the question or the questioner at the time. But as I look back almost a decade later, the combination of the question and answer is probably what won me the job. My answer to the query was simple, straightforward, and not very sexy. I didn't talk about strategies for brand development, social media versus traditional media, or resources from federal, state, and local governments and charities. Nope. I simply said something that I believe with all that I am. I answered Jerry Brisson's question in that board meeting by simply stating, healthy things grow. Resources like food and funds and opportunities, trust, effectiveness in all things necessary for growth are contained in that one statement. Healthy things grow. Growth has occurred, and it isn't just about money, although at some point, money is the determining factor for how much you can grow. Jerry the Inquisitor joins me next to discuss health, growth, and a huge announcement we know you will not want to miss in this edition of Food First Michigan. Back everyone, Jerry Brisson, the Inquisitor. <laughs> you asked me that question in a, in my board interview for this job. I, you can believe that's almost been nine years. <sighs> you know what? Nine glorious years. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Nine glorious years. Although I do, uh, you forgot some of the things that you said in the interview. But you could you could have tagged them on to practically every discussion, right? There were at least 20 bumper stickers, you know, Dr. <laughs> Philisms, as we call them. There were at least 20 of those. There were there had to be three quotes from Churchill. There had to be, right? And then you got to say, well, you had to talk a little bit about Africa. I mean, you know, that had to have happened. But probably most of what happened was leadership advice from a Maxwell book or two. <laughs> yeah, or 30. <laughs> it was a great interview. It was a great interview. And... You know, we couldn't have imagined where we'd be today then. 
Mm. We couldn't have imagined it. I mean, for one thing, we had a pandemic, right? So right. so that's something nobody could have imagined. But but outside of that, when we healthy things grow, when you started the monologue and you started by saying, I don't remember exactly what I said, I wrote down immediately, healthy things grow. Huh. Healthy things grow. And and it is fundamental to to our belief about why this is a solvable problem, right? It, there's something about that. But you you read the whole quote, and I want you to read it for everybody because when you listen to the whole thing, it all kind of comes together. Well, I think it really identifies who we are as an organization at the Food Bank Council and all of our members and our at-large members, where we're at in this growth journey that we're on. So it was from the author, Christine Kane. I want to make sure and give uh, credit where credit is due. And here's the whole quote. Healthy things grow, and growing things change, and changing things change things. Healthy things grow, and growing things change, and changing things, like organizations, changing organizations, change things. They make things things better yeah better bigger uh and so many other things when we think about how far we've come in the last nine years um uh, six of which at least have been uh you know on this radio show right right? talking about changing the conversation and the things that we're that we're excited about and believe will make a difference to create a food secure michigan right And at the heart of it all, and I think this is something that you have brought to the discussion uniquely, you you were the first person to bring it to the discussion. Now I think it's a part of every discussion, and that is it cannot be about us. It cannot be about the food banks. It cannot be about the food bank council. All that we do has to be about what's best for the people and the families in the community that we're here to serve. And when you keep them at the center of things— it changes things. Yeah, it means you have to know more, too. I mean, you we can imagine what might be good for a food bank, but the food bank has to deliver impact, right? We've got to deliver a change. If we're not delivering any change, then what are we doing? Right. right? So what change are we trying to deliver? How are we walking with people on this journey who need emergency and supplemental food that makes their life better and then makes the whole community better? Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just about the people who need food. It's about the whole community and how we live together in this world and and the potential impossibilities that are increased for us all when nobody is food insecure. Yeah, so we say it over the years on this show, when hunger comes off the table and is replaced with access to the food that people want and need, then one of the things it does is stabilize that family unit. And when that family unit is stabilized, they're not worried about the toxic stress of what am I gonna eat? What am I gonna give my kids? then their, fr- their mind is free to think about other opportunities or take care of their health, get a better job, whatever that might be. And a stable family 
means a stable community, and a stable community for the state of Michigan means more tax dollars. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I mean, uh, uh, people in businesses. There are people there to hire, then there's people there to work, and everything gets stabilized. But it starts with food. Well, there's so many things that come to mind, but right now we know in this state we have a labor shortage, right? We have a labor shortage, and we're having a hard time convincing people to move back to Michigan, Mm -hmm. right? We're trying it, and we've had some successes without a doubt. But there's still, if we want to be the economy, if we want to have the economy that we think we're capable of having, we need to have access to people who are willing to pursue higher education, who are willing to do other things to drive that economy from a worker standpoint. Well, I'm going to tell you what, if we have a food secure state, there's no doubt in my mind, we would have a better opportunity and better chance to have the workforce that we all dream of and want to have. You know, so so all of those things go together and and it's our job to to prove it. Right. It's our job to show that it's happening and we're working on it step by step by step. Well, when you think about healthy things grow, healthy kids grow, you know, and healthy kids grow up and learn how to read and write and do arithmetic and understand all these things that are necessary in order to be, you know, a highly productive person in society. And so I think it's, you know, have Scott Pickett from our board and from Farm Bureau, our sponsor of this show for over six years, Uh, Scott being the CEO of Michigan Farm Bureau, I think he would quickly say, being a farmer himself, crops grow when things are healthy, when the soil's healthy and they have enough sunshine and enough water. All those things that are necessary, healthy things grow. And I think that's been the key to the growth for us at the Food Bank Council, which we have a pretty big announcement to share here later in the show. We're not going to do it yet, but but healthy things grow. And when they do grow, that means they change. And that's something I want you in the next segment, Jerry, to really unpack for us because you have this great perspective of what food banking was, what it is, and then what it can be. And I think that will be very interesting for our listeners to see this whole idea of healthy things grow and growing things change. And then we actually change things for the people in the community that we serve for the better. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're back here to talk about how healthy things grow on Food First Michigan. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson with me here in the WJR studios. Now, this turns into a podcast where many of you are listening, and we appreciate wherever you're listening that you're listening. And hopefully you're with us to help change this conversation and make things better. And Jerry, with that, talk to us a little bit about the journey, how far we've come, because you have that perspective. I'm, I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying that, 
You have a very good memory. <laughs> no, I'm a historian, you know, and you don't have to be old to be a historian, right? No. <clears throat> well, actually, so I, when I started in this work, I, I was working for the Capuchins. The Capuchins have one of the largest and longest-running soup kitchens in Detroit um, that was really put to the test during the Great Depression. And so I had to learn that whole history of, of soup kitchens, right, and, and how soup kitchens worked. And if you, if you go back, you know, and look at historically when soup kitchens and what was commonly known as the bread line, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they came about during times of famine. They came about during times of war and, uh, and during times of crisis, right? And so that was the way the community had to deal with those crises they people pitched in and and there were bread lines and and they did as well as they could then in 1956 something happened tractors outnumbered horses and mules on farms in the u.s it was in 1956 the other thing that happened in the late 50s was the invention of ammonia-based fertilizer those two things combined within five or six years created a tremendous surplus of food beyond what anyone up to then had ever imagined would be possible. And it persisted, and it continued, and it continued at such a rate that people started to realize food was being thrown away. Again, this this was unheard of, right? There were certainly times of feast in, in the past where there were surpluses of food, right? But this was at a scale and a level no one had ever imagined, and it continued, and it was getting more and more and more. So in the 60s, uh, it was really urgent that something be done about this dichotomy of people living in poverty and not having enough food and this tremendous surplus of food that that our farmers were creating, right? And our producers, and I mean, there's a whole supply chain building as a result of this possibility, right? And so food bank starts simply because there's so much food. And people start to connect the dots. Hey, if there's this much food and there's people that need it, why don't we connect those dots? Food banks became the central idea for rescuing food that was going to waste. That's how the whole idea started in a nutshell. So take that moment in the 60s through to today, and what you see is healthy organizations, which which food banks are and continue to be, growing. When gleaners first started in the 70s, we distributed 500,000 pounds of food to six states. <laughs> Last year, or this, this fiscal year, let's talk about, we're going to distribute just over 50 million pounds of food to five counties. And the need is not quite met, but it's closer than it's ever been, right? Now, that wasn't just because of food surplus though certainly you need food coming from somewhere right it's because in this process food banks becoming healthier having difficult conversations looking at things not just more but more and better we have learned to be the top food safety experts in the country we have to be when you're distributing that much food to hundreds of thousands of people just in gleaner's little area let alone the state or the country you can't be screwing around with food safety. That's something we had to become the very best at. 
in order for our work to persist. But it's not about our work, right? It's about the community and taking care of the community and doing the best we can for the community. At the same time, we stayed very efficient with over 90 cents, some years 98 cents of every dollar going to the mission with the the few cents that are left over paying for fundraising administration. Now we know if we want to stay healthy, we have to spend more on administration and fundraising. If we're going to stay healthy and grow, we can't just sit on what we've always done. We have got to get better at every piece of the work, not just the food distribution part of the work. So, so the story in food banking really has been about that quote, which says, healthy things grow, growing things change, and changing things changes things. That is, that is a really good way to encapsulate the history of food banking up till now. And as we forecast the future, what it's going to continue to look like. We can't rest on our success. If we want a food secure community, we have to keep learning more. We have to, we have to really understand the difference we make. And again, not just for the people we work with who are food insecure, but for the community we work with in total. How yeah. do we all, if we think of our community as a healthy thing, right? we all have to be healthy. It can't just be some of us. Right. It has to be all of us. Thank you so much for that history lesson. It's vital. It, it provides context and perspective about because we weren't always healthy you can't nobody is right you have periods of time in your life where you're sick you don't feel well uh, whether that be physically you know god forbid medically or even emotionally and mentally so you know i think you said like from the 60s on so the first food bank in america was saint mary's in phoenix 1967 for Michigan history buffs, the first food bank in Michigan was 1977, and that was Gleaners. Yep, right And on. now we have seven Feeding America food banks, and they serve all of Michigan's 83 counties. And I think that while there are many organizations, some come today and they're gone tomorrow, that are entering this food security space, whether it's food rescue or food distribution or whatever it might be, I think that, you know, the ability to change, grow, adapt, become is crucial to that. And, and again, not compromising the highest value that we have, which is food safety. Now, that, all the, the other groups that are coming, they may end up being great partners. But until they demonstrate that commitment to that value, we're going to make sure the food that we give into the community is safe. It's the highest value. Right. And it cannot be. be compromised. Nope. It is a non-negotiable. And so I would say, you know, if you've got this history of we're getting ourselves healthy, we're getting ourselves healthy in our relationships internally, we're able to have difficult conversations among our members, among our board, about challenges that we face in order to create a food-secure Michigan. And we're having healthy conversations with external partners on why we should be trusted to do this work. Well, and I want to say one big thing that's, that's top of mind for everyone right now is once you get to a certain size and scale, you have to take a hard look at equity. 
you have to. You have to look at who's being served well by the system as it's developed and who's not being served well. Who needs to be served better? Who's being left behind? And, you know, no matter how good you are at setting things up initially, every system starts with certain blinders. You just don't see everything yet because you haven't gotten there yet. So when you're walking down the road, the fact that you've missed some things along the way, what road trip have you been on where you've seen every single sign? Even though it's right there in front of you. Someone next to you can say, hey, did you see that? And you're like, nope. (laughs) Well, that's the way every journey looks, right? You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to see everything. But as you look back and as you look forward, you can say, gosh, we missed that. How do we make sure we don't do that again? Or how do we make sure that, that as we move forward, we don't miss whoever it is that needs our help? We know homebound seniors is a population that needs better service, right? Right. We know there are communities that lack transportation or other services that create access to food that we haven't addressed yet. That question of equity is one of the things we have to keep getting better at, keep asking the right questions. But once we know who needs to be served, we got to have the food to do it. And that ties right into this announcement we're going to make, which is pretty exciting. It is very exciting, but you'll have to wait until the next segment to hear it. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. And we'll come back with a huge announcement about the present of food banking and how healthy we've gotten. We'll be right back. Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Thanks for listening, everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight. I guess it's time for an announcement. Let's do it. So healthy, you're going to do it. So I'm going to set it up. Healthy things grow and, and we've, we've grown. And, you know, my nine years of at the food bank council are almost nine years. It's, I really believe with every fiber of my being that the work, whether you're in business or in nonprofit mission oriented, um, you know, uh, work, things happen at the speed of trust. And we had to get healthy. We were unhealthy as a, as an organization, as a group, as a board, and we've gotten healthier. Now, are we as healthy as we need to be or should be or can be? No. But we are healthier than what we were. And and because of that, people have begun to trust us significantly. And with that, I leave it to the president of our board of directors, Mr. Gerald Brisson, the CEO at Gleaners, and the president of our board to make this announcement. So the state legislature after you know debating how can they get their hands around two really important issues one is getting food where it needs to get to people that in order for them to thrive they need access to this food and how do we support the rural communities that have a lot of growers that need markets for their product right and that combination of rural economic activity and really helping people who need help uh, won the day this year. And we saw an increase in the Michigan Agriculture Surplus System 
of over $9 million. We started out at $2.2 million, mm-hmm. and we ended up at twelve. Right. $12 million a year ongoing. Now, when you put that in context, uh, that is going to get literally, literally millions of pounds of food, which is meals, right? You, you know, that's going to be meals for a lot of our hungry neighbors, and it's going to reach every county in the state. Now, it'll take a while to, to get distribution the way it needs to go and to do all the things we need to do to make the, the, uh, the whole supply chain working the way it needs to do. We're going to have to do some more planning around how to get that food. It has to be Michigan growers, right? So it can be dairy. It can be many of the products protein. that are grown in Michigan, right? It can be protein. It can be all of those things. But there's other pieces of that uh, production chain that we have to look at too and make sure we're accounting for. But the bottom line is it's exactly the kind of problem we want to solve. Healthy things grow. Growing things change. And changing things change things all that's happening now and we the 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 governor has signed the budget and we are so grateful for the legislature and the governor to include the significant increase in the food that's going to get to the people we serve and the economy that's going to support uh, in our in our agricultural system in Michigan. I think this is a huge win for everyone and the single biggest increase in the history of the Food Bank Council in Michigan. The single biggest increase in the history of the Food Bank Council and our partnership with the state of Michigan. That's exactly right. And so, so many people to thank. Certainly, Dr. Phil, you and your team have done an outstanding job. Um, And the food banks that have stood in the gap for people continue to prove their trustworthiness, continue to keep food safe. All of that matters. Uh, The capacity to do this is, is there. Again, it'll take a little bit to get it all, you know, working at this next level, but uh, but so many people to thank. And then on the on the um, the side of all of, we have gotten support from the entire legislature. Both Republicans and Democrats have supported uh, food for for the people we serve. They've supported the Michigan Agriculture Surplus System, but certainly this is the single biggest increase uh, that we've ever seen. Well, and some of those legislators have been on the show recently, um, and we talked about the hope for this. Um, Certainly all the way back to a few years ago in the pandemic when the governor who was on this show, when she was a candidate for her first term, promised to create a food security council, kept her word, created that. And I think that, again, building those relationships has helped us arrive at today with her with the legislature as you said i mean if i start naming names i'm going to leave somebody out so i'm going to be a little careful here but but you know both sides of the aisle but particularly in this current legislature people really picked up this opportunity to make an investment not spend money to make an investment in the food banks and in the families that we serve. And I think that's the way they saw this appropriation. You know, there's other benefits. And and we talk about some of the reasons why we think 
food security is a solvable problem. And and one of the reasons is that it's cheaper to end it than to have it persist, right? So with this $12 million a year, uh, it's going to get healthier food to, to people in our community who don't have access to that healthy food. And this is fresh produce, dairy, protein from Michigan. It's the freshest, highest quality food you can get. And and people will have more of it. That will help our health care costs. That will help kids learn better and not need the remedial help that, that they need now. It will help our, our communities uh, when they have to make trade-offs between really important things like paying the rent and buying for food. All of these things contribute in a big way to the betterment of the whole community. And that's what makes this investment such a good one. It does. It is an investment. And and the three winners here, I think, Jerry, very quickly are, um, I'm going to say, are uh, the farmers, because we're creating a secondary market for product that may be their primary uh, customers, retail grocery, don't want. So the apple's not quite pretty enough, the potatoes a little misshapen, whatever, we don't care. It's perfectly good food, and we're able to create that secondary market for Michigan farmers. Uh, The second winner, I think, is the food banks. I mean, you know, you guys exist in order to distribute food to the community. Having food and the fresher and the shorter the supply chain takes a lot of pressure off transportation cost, all that goes into getting food to people. The third winner, and most importantly, are the families in the community because it gives them access to the freshest food possible. And just to let you know what this looks like, folks, I mean, this is high for us, but this is what it was last year. The average price for the Food Bank Council to purchase fresh Michigan produce was a mere 16 cents a pound. That's the average. So when you start thinking about 16 cents a pound and into something like $12 million, that's a lot of food. And, you know, to us, to help take that 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 trade-off off the table and replace it with healthy, nutritious, Michigan-grown product is, um, is a pretty special win-win-win scenario. And a significant step toward food first, folks. I mean, it's a significant step toward getting us closer to having a food secure community. It's not the only step we have to make. And on shows coming up, we're going to talk about some of the other steps we have to make. We're going to talk about a very positive conversation with Michigan Department of Health and Human Services around food is medicine. And mm-hmm. what does that really look like? And how do we make sure we're reaching people who who their their diet dramatically affects managing their their chronic illnesses or their likelihood of having a chronic illness? That's that's something that we know we've got work on, but we're working on it, right? There are other things coming down the pike that are going to also make a big difference. This is a very exciting time for us in food banking, but it's a very exciting time for our community who has greater and greater access to the healthy food they want and need. Well, it's exciting because healthy things grow, growing things change, and changing things changes things. And that's what we want to do. Yeah. You know, that's what leaders want. They want to change things for the better. 
And the true test, I think, of leadership is to create positive change. I mean, anybody can create change. Chaos is change. So we want to create positive change in the lives of the families and the people we serve. Jerry and I are back for our last segment on this edition of Food First Michigan. You make sure and come back and be with us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight. We're going to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan. But, Jerry, before we come to the end of the segment and a little food for thought, I, I think really thinking about what this means, not only in the, you know, where we've come from, we've talked about where we're at, but where we're going, because we've gone through some pretty difficult days over the last two to three years uh, in regard to food, our food supply chain. Yeah, so we've had huge, huge influx of food during the pandemic, right? People knew people weren't working and knew people would would need extra help. And so we got a lot of extra help and that and it came uh, beautifully in so many ways. Um, and so that was that was really important. Then the pandemic is ending. Those programs are ending. Uh, people aren't seeing the same need. And so the support dwindles very, very fast. But what doesn't happen is the conversation about, but what's the need? So so even even during the pandemic, when everyone assumed there was a big need, well, the conversation about, well, what is the need? What's driving that need? And then how does that need persist beyond the pandemic? What need was already there before the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Right. That conversation is the one that gets missed. And the fact is having reliable food sourcing for the need that exists in our community is something that has come and gone, come and gone. In other words, it hasn't been reliable. It's up and it's down. And not necessarily because of a conversation about the need and what the value of meeting that need is, right? So so I would say this a significant increase to the Michigan agriculture surplus system puts a very significant amount of stability for Michiganders around the issue of how are we going to resource the need in our community. Now it's going to be up to us to report against that and to show the state this was an investment worth doing, and we will do that. But the bottom line is one of the key things we have to keep doing is making sure that the resources meet the need. Well, and then when the the, the source of the resource, if you will, changes... So people were getting more SNAP that are eligible for SNAP. Then that got cut. And so now the need is not being resourced through SNAP. Well, that puts pressure on the charitable food network. Exactly. And then when maybe USDA has has struggle securing food for whatever the reasons, market, you know, situations and changes there, then our supply of food from them is delayed at, at best, dropped at worst, that puts a different, you know, stressor on not just the, the charitable food network, which is led by food banks, but also on the, on the state budget. And so that's why this is so remarkable that this group of legislators and the governor's office really saw the need to resource the need in a more uh, concise way and shortens our supply chain because we're getting it from Michigan. We're not having to truck it in from California or Arizona or someplace. And I think that that's why it makes such a win. 
Now, the last thing I want to say to you, hopefully give you a chance to comment here, is when you resource the need, and now we're going to look at more so than ever what role equity plays in that you mentioned early in the show about are we getting the food to the people that truly need the food and need it, need it, need it, need it. Yeah, so looking at those who are most in need, but also looking at those who just aren't served well by the system as it exists today. When we have the food supply that we need, we can afford to, to imagine greater accessibility for all. And that will be a big project that we're, that we're going to work on, and we're ready to do it. Imagine greater access for the people who need it. That's what you just said. Exactly right. I like that. Sounds like a good food for thought, but I got my own, so I guess I'll do that one. Healthy things grow, and growing things change, and changing things changes things. That's what we want to do. This statement from Christine Kane is what I envision for this work, the work of creating a food-secure state. Jerry and I have unpacked this from our perspective, and we believe this is an excellent statement about our commitment to helping stabilize families today and investing in the work of innovation tomorrow. What can the work look like in the next three to five to ten years? Actually, I think that's probably the wrong question. The right question is, what will the work look like in the next three to five, ten years? Fatalism has no place in determining the future of this work because we can make it what it needs to be, but only if we put and keep food first, folks, food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.